You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 438 of the So Wizard podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Everything is dumb. The question is so simple, it's dumb. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Mark Ellis Reagans. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to So Wizard podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the geek world all-stars podcast network this week it's our final episode of the year 2022 shockingly enough i can't believe it it's our 52nd episode of the year 2022 and we are going to be reviewing for you the newest movie from ryan johnson and netflix that's right guys it's glass onion Poland. a knives out mystery <laughs> before we get into all of that this past weekend was christmas Aubrey Litchfield, did you have a good Christmas? You did. Was Santa generous to you? Um, I got the new Pokemon game, which I started last night. Um, and that's pretty cool. I also got some really cool slippers, like slipper socks. Um, I got a Lord of the Rings hat, so it was pretty good. Um, Max got me an Animal Crossing lamp, which is really cute. It's got like a little um, bag of bells for the pole. I don't. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I got a lot of Aubrey's video happy. game stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Marcellus Reagans. Was this your first Christmas with your new girlfriend? Yes. Does that mean you went all out and you went crazy? Yeah, buying I... tons of presents. <laughs> uh, yes, I did mentally. Uh, my wallet said no on the other the other side of that. But uh, no, I think I did all right. I think I I delivered some uh, decent presents. But was Santa good to you? Yeah, I was spoiled rotten. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is gonna be a tough Christmas to uh, to live up to uh, next year. I got a, a lot of really really cool things. Anything you'd like to disclose? Uh, no. Better not be Rise <laughs> of Skywalker all over print T shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a limited edition uh, life size Babu Frick statue. <laughs> So it's a foot tall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. And what about you, Joy? How was your Christmas? Oh, uh, it was good, man. I had uh, Saturday, which was Christmas Eve off. I had Sunday and Monday off. So I get to spend a lot of time with the family. Uh, we had our traditional go over my in-laws house and eat Chinese food on Christmas Eve, which was great. And then we had Santa come the night into uh, the morning and drop off some presents for everybody. And my wife and kids took care of me very well. Uh, my wife bought me a uh, Masters of the Universe Origins Castle Grace School. <laughs> what are you, was, nine? <laughs> I was not expecting at all. I completely blown away. I had it on my wish list 
on Amazon for myself to remember to buy it for myself if I ever got around to it. I didn't expect her to actually buy it for me, and I was just blown away. I was so happy. And it's funny because it's 40 years to the day that I got it for Christmas when I was a kid. Wow. Um, That was crazy. My daughter and my wife also bought me a bunch of Blu-rays. So uh, now in glorious high definition at my house, we have uh, Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Yeah. Uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, Malignant, and Night of the Creeps. Amazing. <laughs> so, yes, uh, toys and bad movies for me for Christmas. So that was <laughs> was a blast and a lot of food. My wife made lasagna last night or the last day we had off before we had to go back to work. And that was glorious. So uh, it was a good time and a really good time. I hope everybody out there in podcast land listening, you, the listener, I hope you had a good Christmas. And if you don't celebrate it, I hope you at least got to enjoy uh, days off of work. So that's it for Christmas from us to you. But let's talk a little bit more about us. Marcellus, let's give them another gift. The <laughs> gift of social media knowledge. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. Please, please tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. All right. So everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, so definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year-round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot of time. Perfect. Well, time now for us to review our last movie of 2022. You guys feeling it? You okay? Putting a dot on 2022 with one more movie review? This yeah. year has really flown by. I don't think so at all. <laughs> I think it's been a long, <laughs> torturous <laughs> process to get to this last review. But we did it. We made it to our last review of the year 2022. And that's right, guys. It's Glass Onion, sequel to Knives Out from director Ruin. I mean, Ryan Johnson. How dare you? <laughs> And uh, hopefully this has no detours to casinos in the middle of the movie for no reason. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, as always. Non-spoiler to start. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry about it. We're not going to spoil it right away. But then we'll drop the drop delineating spoilers so you know to bounce if you haven't watched the movie yet. And the rest of you stick around for some more discussion. To get started, you guys, uh, we all watched this on Netflix. The only person I could think of that might have gone to the theater was Markellis. Did you go to see this in the theater, Mark, or did you wait for Netflix? Oh, I waited for Netflix, man. I 
was not like super excited about a sequel to Knives Out, <laughs> where I'm like, I have to see this on a big screen. Now I can wait for the uh, I can wait for the the television presentation of this movie okay i was in the same boat you know i i just wouldn't have minded seeing it in the movie theater but knowing it was going to be on netflix in like a week or two was like i'm not putting the effort that's a lot of effort so yeah uh, we so aubrey i'm going to assume you watched it on netflix right yeah all mm-hmm. right great now i don't know if you guys remember did you like the first knives out aubrey yeah it was okay okay Marcellus. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I wasn't completely blown away by it. So I really liked the first Knives Out, but that also had Anna Diarmas in it too. So right. they may have bumped up the score a little bit. So I guess the only thing left to do is to give our non-spoiler impressions of Glass Onion, Marcellus Reagan's What Did You Think? I think if you like Knives Out, you will like this one. It does a really good job at being a sequel that's a lot like the first one, but also nothing like the first one. Ryan Johnson found a good balance to to make for this movie, I, I think. So, you know, I thought it was okay. I don't think it needs to be seen on a big screen, but, you know, watching it at home, I thought it was a, a, a good enough movie to watch at home on Netflix. <laughs> Very faint, damning praise from Mark <laughs> Ellis there. Yeah, it was fine to watch at Netflix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Aubrey Litchfield, what did you think, non-spoiler, of Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion? It was a really good Netflix movie. See? So, I don't don't think I would have been as happy with it if I went in and spent money on it in the theaters. It was a good Netflix movie. It was a good sequel. I remember kind of shitting on on it because I wasn't sure how they were going to manage to write a sequel. And I think that like Markel said, this is a really good sequel that doesn't, it relates to the first one, but it's not like a continuation of the first one, you know? Uh, so I, I do think, you know, it, it is good for what it is. And then that, that's not a bad thing. It, it is good for, for what it is. Interesting. So I got to tell you guys, I, I, I don't really know how I feel about this movie. I'm not over the hill about it. I'm not like jumping around doing backflips around the house about it. I didn't think it was horrible or anything, but I almost feel the same as you guys. It's, I feel very blah towards it, which is a very weird feeling. I was expecting to really like it because like I said, I liked the first one quite a bit, but for some reason this, I don't know if it was watching it at home. I don't know if it's the script I don't know what it is, but it, I, I'm just feeling very bleh towards it. And I can't really describe that feeling without spoiling a million things in the movie. And I think you're not going to get much enjoyment out of this if it's been spoiled for you before your first watch. So I, I the only thing we can do, Mark, the only thing we can do is to just jump into spoilers. So let's do it. Let's drop the drop. Let's spoil Glass Onion. And we're not let's talk about spoilers here. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear <laughs> spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) All right. Let's go to Mark Ellis. Since we all seem to be on the same page here uh, in a very blah manner towards this movie. Mark Ellis, tell me some things that you liked about Glass Onion. All right. So some of the things I liked, I thought it had a really cool, uh, somewhat unusual setup. You know what I mean? Like we, you watch Knives Out. You're like, okay, I understand the concept of it. Cast the characters, the detectives in the middle. He's going to try to, you know, figure out who committed the crime. Uh, and in this movie, you know, the first probably maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you're like, why are we, like, where's the mystery? <laughs> where's the, 
where's the the murder that this detective is supposed to solve? It, it's a really unusual setup. And then there's, you know, well, we're spoiling it. There's a flip about a little more than halfway through. And you really see that you've been watching a murder mystery the entire time. You just didn't realize it. So that I thought was really cool. It's a really nicely structured story. There's a scene of the opening puzzle that each of the members get that I thought was really cool. Like seeing them all kind of figure it out and piece it together. And then you cut to Janelle Monet, and she's just staring at the box and just smashes the thing into pieces. I thought it was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah, Edward Norton is just amazing. Like, he's probably a douche in real life, uh, but he's such a good actor, and he plays such a smarmy asshole so well in this movie. The way he, like, name drops Jared Leto's kombucha drink and uh, Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Like, he's just a, a smarmy jerk. The character is a smarmy jerk, and... Edward Norton just crushes it. He's amazing. I thought him and Do Kate you think that he um, had to rewrite some of the script at all? <laughs> no way. No way. I think Ryan Johnson Ryan Johnson is smart enough to to leave a good script, but I'm sure Edward Norton probably threw some ideas out. <laughs> Maybe we should do this. <laughs> and so when Mark Ruffalo stars in uh, Knives Out 3, we'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I liked, uh, liked Edward Norton. I thought Kate Hudson was great. All of the stuff about her being uh politically incorrect and jessica hinwick having to like save her ass it's hilarious that was hilarious uh janelle monet is just amazing in this movie she uh blew me away i wasn't quite couldn't quite get a read on her and then again once this the story kind of flips you see what she has to do and she's just fantastic so yeah once the once you actually get to a kind of murder mystery and then the story starts to unravel about about three quarters of the way, eh, about halfway through, that's when the movie gets good. But the first half, it's kind of like, what what am I watching? What am I doing here? So, um, yeah, that, those are pretty much some of the things that I liked about it. All right. Aubrey Litchfield, give us some things you liked about the movie. I, I really liked the cast. I thought that the cast was, was perfect. Kate Hudson blew me away in the role. Um, I'm used to seeing her in rom-coms and she did a really good job in this role. I was, I was shocked at how much I actually liked her character. It was really funny. And yeah, like I said, I loved the cast. I thought that the cast was great. I liked the, the entire glass onion. I thought it was, it, it was beautiful looking. I thought that they went into really good detail Dave Batista always makes me laugh, even though he was an idiot in this movie. <laughs> uh, I like how in the end, Edward Norton ends up just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that really made me laugh. So that whole scene where I'm, I'm blanking on his actual name, but Benoit Blanc, when he's just like, he's stupid. He's so dumb. <laughs> and it made me laugh. I was like, man. I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it it was a really good cast. There was really good quips in the script. But yeah, I I think I had some major problems with it, but I did like what was there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to echo both you guys and the fact that I loved the entire cast. I thought the entire cast was fantastic. Um, All of them pretty much firing on all cylinders. I thought Batista was hilarious. Like you guys said, um, right as soon as he comes on screen and he's like a men's right YouTuber, I was absolutely rolling because like they were hitting every single trope for those type of people. And I was dying. <laughs> Sorry, feminists. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, Janelle Monet was amazing in this. Uh, she's also very attractive. So good for her for her being a, a, a dual threat there. Um, I really, <laughs> I really like the concept of this and that you could keep doing it for as long as they wanted to. So there's no recurring characters other than Daniel Craig. Right. So if they want to make knives out five, six, seven, all they have to do is write the scripts and make the movie. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just plopping him in different situations. And I appreciate that. It does feel like reading mystery novels yeah. back in the day. Like, so, you know, there's only going to be one character carries over to each movie and it's a different mystery. And maybe you won't like one, but you might like the other. You might like them all. You might only like a couple, but you kind of have an idea what you're getting. And I actually really like that. I think that's different than the way most sequels are handled these days. So it, it was interesting. Jessica Henwick, uh, thumbs up, even though she didn't have much to do. Right. Thumbs up for Jessica Henwick. And I, honestly, one of the things I really appreciate about the movie was its sense of humor. And it's very subtle. It's not like a laugh a minute, like uproarious comedy, but it's just like subtle things like the glass case that protects the Mona Lisa. Right. <laughs> It just keeps opening and closing all the time. I, I don't know why. I just thought that was hilarious. You know, just different little subtle things like that throughout the movie that were quite funny. And, of course, we have a twist halfway through that kind of throws the whole movie on its head. Um, and that was interesting. That made it a lot more interesting, too. So for me, it's cast uh, script for the most part. Some of, some of these scripts, the cast, the, the humor and the script, um, pretty much the two things that carried this for me. But... What about things you didn't like, Marcellus Reagans? Yeah, it's kind of what I said about the things that I I did like. You know, it takes a while before you can figure out exactly what type of movie you're watching, or or it took a while before I cared about what was happening. Basically, uh, I agree. I love all of the characters, but story wise, I'm like, why am I here? Like, what is the what is the thing here? And that took a little bit too long, I think. Uh, just enjoying the ridiculousness of these characters just wasn't it didn't hold me enough to the meat of the story started to happen so uh, i felt it, it dragged a little bit uh there's a lot of coincidences in this movie <laughs> like a lot i'm like come on seriously like uh janelle monet's character getting shot uh and i what, what was it that saved her life that she just happened to have do you remember her sister's journals sister's journal the bullet went through didn't go all the way through uh, and then uh, he just happens to have a bottle of Jeremy Renner's hot sauce that looks just like blood. And she just happens to jump up when the hot sauce gets her in her nose, but no one sees it. Like, it's like, ah, oh, that's, I'm sure it's played for comedy, but I'm like, that's just way too many coincidences for this. And then it, it ends with a giant explosion with everyone still inside. <laughs> Glass everywhere and nobody gets hurt. I'm like, wait, why would you set off this huge bomb and not? get out of there or not let everyone else get out of there. Did, that seemed a little ridiculous, but I, I again, it's for a comedy. I just didn't think it was funny. Uh, and the, the biggest drawback about this, and it's actually a, a strength to the movie is that if you watch it a second time, it's going to play a lot better. I think mm -hmm. like once you know how the, the puzzle was supposed to unfold, if you go back and start at the beginning again, I think it's going to be a lot more rewarding. I don't have time to watch it again. <laughs> I have a lot of things to do. So It's over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to, at some point, I'll go back and rewatch it and, and enjoy it more. But I think the, and it's not really a drawback, but I don't have time to watch it a second time. But I think 
if you do, if you if you watch it and you enjoy it and you watch it a second time, I think you get a lot more out of it the second time around. All right, Aubrey Litchfield, the floor is yours. What are some things you did not like about this movie? It didn't feel like it had something super suspenseful. You watch the movie and you're. I feel like the suspense is why am I watching this movie? You're waiting for whatever it is that's supposed to be the suspense of the movie. And you never quite get that. I like the concept of a murder mystery. I like the concept of this movie. I thought the last one was good, but I didn't really get that overpowering, like super excited. What's going to happen feeling from this movie. And I think that that made it a little bit disappointing. It also made it feel like the movie was missing something. It didn't drag on by any means. Like the two hours was fine for me, but it definitely, it didn't feel like it accomplished or maybe it did accomplish what it set out to do, but it just didn't, it didn't feel like a, wow, that was really great. Um, movie, you know, it just kind of felt like it was a it was a Netflix movie that was good because it was on a streaming service. But if you saw it in the movie theater, you would feel like you missed out on something because there's no big oomph to the the story. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of like ruined the rest of it for me. I wouldn't say I hate the movie because of that. It just it just is a little disappointing. Okay, all right. Um. Let's see things I did not like about the movie. Like I said, I didn't like it as much as the original Knives Out, but it, the first half, maybe not half, but maybe the first half an hour ish, 45 minutes just drags, 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 drags. And I think that's a striking difference to the first movie. In the first movie, he is just someone that's at the crime scene. The crime already occurs, then he's there solving it. Right. Whereas this we got to watch more of a build up to a crime happening. And it, it just wasn't as interesting to me. I expected Edward Norton to get killed and then it would be solving which of the people there did it, which I guess is pretty tropey. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that. But at the same time, this just got a little bleh. Like by the time we flash back and then Janelle Monet is also playing her own twin sister, I was already just rolling my eyes <laughs> like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, you know, it, the the mystery just never grabbed me, I guess. It never grabbed me uh, the way the original one did. And, and that's just kind of what I was looking for is at least be compelled to try to, you know, care about why this was happening or what the end result would be. And I, I just I couldn't get there with this one for some reason. I don't know if it was just too many twists. I also didn't like how they would go back and be like, we saw and I, I, I understand what they're doing because we see Batista accidentally grab the cup and then they go back and say, oh, well, that's what you all saw just because he told you you saw that and actually something different happened. And that might work on the characters, but it shouldn't work on the audience <laughs> unless you're telling me the um, camera itself is an unreliable narrator. <laughs> and then it calls into question, like, what does anything I'm watching in this movie mean? If, if, if minutes later it can be changed simply to suit the plot of the movie. Like if I see Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fighting and Obi-Wan dies and then 10 minutes later, like, Oh, well that's just what you thought you saw. But actually like, <laughs> and they keep doing it over and over again. It, it just, it starts to make everything lose oomph that I've been watching for the last I don't know, hour and 45 minutes. So um, 
And then the end where everyone's smashing everything and then he just goes off to Benoit Blanc just goes off and sits on the beach for like the last 15 minutes. Well, to me, he's the main character of the movie. So for him to be like, all right, well, you guys are all idiots and I'm leaving. And then he just disappears for 15 to 20 minutes at the end of his movie. (laughs) It was like it just really wasn't that satisfying to me. Okay, she got her revenge on him, I guess. But we don't really see a resolution to that. So we don't get any satisfaction from knowing, well, she got her own share of the company and, and, you know, life is okay again or everybody got what they deserved. They just smashed a bunch of stuff and the island exploded. We never really get a resolution to that. So it just wasn't a satisfying ending on top of all of that. So there was just some weird stuff here. And it it had that Netflixy feel where it's a little over long. And you know, no way in hell were they telling Ryan Johnson any notes on the script right? at all. They were just like, do whatever the hell you want. Here is $200 million. So, man, I just I, I just wish it was tighter. And I wish it was a little more interesting uh, mystery-wise. Yeah, well, that's the, the thing about the movie is that you are watching a murder mystery being solved, but you don't know who was murdered. And you don't really care about the character when you do find out who was murdered. Because, you know, you haven't really spent any time. Where the first one, like the dad, it was the old man that died. And you know these people are just out to get that money. Mm-hmm. So there was like, a, you know, you want to know who was responsible for this old man dying. This one, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, once again, uh, uh, oh shit, what is it that you always say, Joey? He uh, diverts expectations? Subvert oh, expectations. Subverted yeah. my expectations. <laughs> That's go. what it is. So once again, Ryan Johnson subverts expectations and, you know, gives you a murder mystery where you have no idea that the person died like days before the movie even starts. I don't have an issue with that so much as I have an issue with I didn't care. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We've already established that every single person, for the most part, on this island is an asshole, except for the stoner guy that was just hanging out, (laughs) Benoit Blanc, and... We eventually find out uh, Janelle Monet's twin sister and herself were not assholes. But for the most part, you're just like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I, I, who am I fucking cheering for here? I'm cheering for all of them to get murdered. Even um, the girl that was there with Batista was not a good person at all. Right. So that was a, it was a little tough. Not that there was people. Well, you know what? In the first one, I think there were people to cheer for because you thought you were cheering for Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. So it turns out, obviously, you're only cheering for her at the end. But you still had somebody to cheer for throughout the movie with a clear reason to cheer for them. Whereas this still it just felt so muddied. And then by the end, it's just basically a bunch of rich, annoying people being rich and annoying. And you don't really get to see anyone get a comeuppance. So. I guess the Mona Lisa burned. That was one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're supposed to be enjoying it through uh, Benoit Blanc's excitement of getting back in a mix because, you know, it's during pandemic times and no one's had a chance to, like, really go out and do anything. So him being in this world is supposed to be your kind of not root for moment, but your kind of like connection to these to the story is watching it through him. But like you said, he disappears in the last act, like the last 15 minutes of the movie. So it's like, well, I guess it's his story, kind of. I thought that Kate Hudson's mask was hysterical. That was hilarious. A little fishnet mask. I'm like, oh. And, then, and someone, I, I know that was based on someone who actually really did that during the pandemic. Yep. So, yeah. 
What do we think about Knives Out 3, Mark? Are you excited? Are you ready to rock and roll? Or are you just as mf, blah as you are about this one? Hey, as long as it's on Netflix. I, I'm, I am <laughs> it will there. be on Netflix. <laughs> I am there day four. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> Aubrey Litchfield, Knives Out 3. Are you in or out? Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it as long as it's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it will be on and Netflix. And I'll probably like it because it's on Netflix. I will say it did look gorgeous. That was probably this is probably the best looking Netflix original movie we've seen. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah, it looked like it was made yeah. for the big screen. I did like the um piece of shit landing <laughs> doc. That was really funny. I I saw that in the subtitles because I watch everything with subtitles and I was like, oh, he means piece of shit, doesn't he? And then later on they were like, oh, piece of shit. It's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, same thing. The subtitles kind of ruined that joke for me as well, but I still thought it was amusing. So sweet. Well, the only thing left to do is to give it a score, guys. Zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. What do you got for? I keep saying for Knives Out. Sorry. <laughs> knives Out for, 2, Sharper Edge. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> for Glass Onion, colon, a Knives Out mystery. Uh, Aubrey Litchfield. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Jeez. Is that higher because it's on Netflix? Yeah. I think if I had to watch it in theaters, it would probably be a two and a half, three. Okay. All right. Mark Ellis Reigns. Yeah. I'm going to actually agree with Aubrey. This is a a three movie, but I'm going to give it an extra half a star because the cast is so good. It's a really good cast and they really are doing a great job. So I'm also going to give it a three and a half. All right. I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. I I am not feeling the love for this movie. Both my wife and my daughter liked it better than the first movie. I am not on that boat. I guess I'm on a lonely island. I am going to go with a three out of five uh, with the extra half, the extra star, half star, because I would have been two and a half. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if we paid money to see this in the theater. I'd be at a two and a half. I'm going to go three. And that extra half star is the cast. Being able to watch it on Netflix and uh, Jessica Henwick. So all three of those things combine into half a star. That gets it to a three out of five. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. Let us know on social media what you think. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up. We're going to get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Aubrey Litchfield, the floor is yours. Uh, I recommend everybody go pick up the new Pokemon game. Uh, It's... It's really cute. I was taking videos and snapshots of Hui uh, Coco because that thing doesn't have a fucking thought in its head. And it is it just is so damn adorable. So pick it up. Um, enjoy it. You can throw your Pokemon out and they can run after you. And it's it's really cute to watch. All right. Marcellus Reagans. How about you? Again, I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just want to say real quick, I know, Joe, you're like, you know, maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. I have a feeling that there are people who are screaming at their phones right now about how we don't understand the glass onion. Well, I I will tell you that Adam Wallyhawk, the fourth member of So Wizard Podcast, our beloved fourth member of the team who does all our video content, told me that the Avatar colon the Way of Water episode was the most he has ever screamed at his phone (laughs) when listening to something in his entire life. (laughs) That is fantastic. I got to get his opinion on that. 
<laughs> was he all for you guys or was he on team me? I'm not sure. He definitely wasn't on team Aubrey. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I don't think many people were. <laughs> Everyone's on Team Aubrey. Sorry, Markellis. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I want to recommend another uh, Netflix original. It's a TV show called The Recruit, starring Noah, I don't know, the kid from uh, Black Adam that played the giant guy. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say the kid from Black Adam that was like rallying Kandahar <laughs> <laughs> at the end with the world's worst acting. <laughs> I wish. Uh, Noah Centineo. There you uh, go. He, you know, and it's it's really cool because, again, Adam, the fourth member of the show, uh, just dropped a review of Jack Ryan season three that's on Amazon. And I like Jack Ryan season one. It was really cool. Season two, they kind of turned him into a superhero and I didn't like it. But there's something about the the guy that sits in a chair who, you know, is usually at a desk that has to go out in the field and get into these adventures and Jack Ryan season two completely missed that the recruit on Netflix uh, from what I've seen so far kind of gets that right. So, you know, it's a show that balances seriousness with goofy kind of comedic stuff. And it has a really light touch uh, It's from Doug Lyman, you know, did Mr. And Mrs. Smith and uh, the born identity movie, the first one. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't gotten that deep into it, but so far I like it. So uh, the recruit on Netflix. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's links to all our video and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Don't forget to check out our aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there at youtube.com backslash so wizard podcast. As Mark said, there's reviews, there's interviews, and more. So check it out. Of course, our Patreon, patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast, where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content this month. We'll be having our, our probably a big discussion on some of the huge nerd news that's come down the pipe in the last few weeks, as well as uh, our monthly star wars video podcast so definitely jump on board there if you want to check it out i have some anti recommendations for you um try not to get any teeth extracted before you record a podcast because you'll be uh swallowing and choking on blood for 90 percent of the time you're recording so that's fucking great uh so i apologize for the length of this episode but <laughs> i'm trying not to die as we record uh two the Witcher blood. Speaking of blood, the Witcher <laughs> blood origins is about as enjoyable as getting a tooth extracted. Wow! So, uh, pro- if if I had been able to force myself to watch more than forty five minutes of the first episode, it would probably be the worst show of the year for Jesus. me. It is borderline unwatchable, absolute trash. Like having I don't know the fucking bard guy come in your house and just rub poop in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Toss a coin to uh, somebody who can write, please. Jesus. Uh, That was awful. So those are my two anti-recommendations. And I will give a semi-recommendation to a horror movie I checked out last night, which is called The Stylist. I have no idea where it's playing. It might be on Shudder or one of those other services. But it's about a hairstylist who uh, kills her clients and then accidentally becomes obsessed with with one of her clients who ends up being really nice to her and she's confused by it. So, um, not great, 
but it was at least worth a watch. And I enjoyed the time I had with it somewhat. And the girl that plays the stylist was really hot. I so knew, that part was cool. Too. I knew that was coming. <laughs> that, was, that was coming down the pipe. <laughs> All right. So next week, guys, the beginning of our best and worst of 2022. We're going to start next week with the worst. And then the week after, we'll reveal our best as well as our women or man crushes of the year. Some of people's favorite episodes of the entire year. So prepare yourself, get your lists ready and join us in front of your phone or TV or wherever the hell you listen to the podcast to get to hear our picks for the best and worst of 2022 starting over the next two weeks. But that's going to do it for episode number 438 of the So Wizard podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo. And my co-host, the queen of all glass onions, Aubrey Litchfield. Peel back all the layers. <laughs> Ogres have layers. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagan. Everybody, have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. That's right, guys. We'll see you guys next week for the worst of 2022. Good journey. Good journey.